0: The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org.
1: You're me to Job, the second chapter, Job chapter 2. We're going to take a little detour this morning. We have uh, been journeying through 1 Timothy together. We'll resume that study next week. But uh, I'd like to share with you lessons on a journey that uh, I and my family began. This past week, I'll have all the verses on PowerPoint. Uh, You have apps or Bibles, you can look with me, and uh, they're also listed in the bulletin. Lessons on the journey. Father, you know my desire, and that's that you would be exalted, that Christ would be made famous, that he would be lifted up. Father, may you be exalted, may our Savior be exalted, Spirit of God, guide us into truth. And Father, as we unfold this story, this journey that we will begin, have begun, and will continue on. It's my prayer that you'll be made famous here and through the nations. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. As we journey through life, we encounter unexpected twists and turns, and those twists and turns can either deepen our faith or damage our faith. They'll either deepen our faith or they will damage our faith. I'd like to share with you from a personal journey that I began, that our family began this past week. Many of you have become aware of our situation, and our family has been overwhelmed with your love, your care, and your support and your prayers for the past four days. Several weeks ago, I began to notice that uh, the, it's, I, it happened in here. Actually, I began to notice that that screen was a little blurry, and I began to begin to blame the PowerPoint people for messing with me on Sunday mornings. And so uh, I began to notice that, and I also began to notice that things were not quite right in my right eye whenever I began to look. So I, I wear contacts, and I realize that uh, actually I saw better with glasses on. So for the last several months or several weeks, you see me wearing glasses rather than contacts. And I really thought I chalked it up to old age, which I didn't care to admit to, or chalked it up to maybe I've got a little cataract developing and need to have that fixed somewhere along the line. So uh, my son in law is an ophthalmologist, and he said, Dad, you need to get this thing checked out and go ahead and, you know, do whatever you need to do. And we hee-hawed about me getting old, and I hee-hawed about me still being able to take him. So we <laughs> laughed about those things. Uh, when I went to the doc this past week, Brian Nerium has been a long-time friend, long-time TBCer. He's my optometrist, and uh, he's done a great job taking care of me for all these years. And uh, when I walked into his office, he was all excited. It was the 25th anniversary of his salvation. He had come to know Christ 25 years ago at an Easter service at TBC on April the 3rd. So we rejoiced, and we thanked God for what he had done in Brian's life. And he began to examine me, and... Uh, I could tell right away, you know, when a doc goes, hmm, hmm, it's usually not good. And uh, so as he was examining me, he walked out. He said, I need to step out for a minute. And I guess he gathered himself, and he came back in and looked real hard a second time. And as he looked that second time, he finished with the uh, observation or the, or the examination, rather. And he said, uh, we need to pray, and I need to talk to you. And so Brian has prayed with me many times. He's a man of prayer. And so he prayed for me. And uh, he prayed that I'd be able to accept, you know, the diagnosis that was about to come. And he said, Gary, you, your vision is blurry because your retina is slightly detached, and it's slightly detached because you have a lesion. Well, in my mind, a lesion is a cut. And I'm thinking, okay, slightly detached retina and a lesion, that, that, that's okay. We can deal with that. And he said, we're going to walk down the hall to uh, Doug Davis' office, and, and he's a retina specialist, and he'll deal with that. And so I'm thinking, no big deal. I've known a lot of people with detached retinas, and we can take care of a detached retina, and life will be on. We'll go on. Well, I walked into Doug's office, and only as God can arrange it. I I didn't know Doug a a year ago, but uh, last May I met Doug. He He and his wife Denise came to Israel with us. He's a friend of uh, Sam Fulcher's who he worked with at Scott and White, a number of you ophthalmologists that are here. And uh, it just so happened on this particular trip, there are 40 people on the trip. Uh, When we go to the Dead Sea, we do a tour in the morning, and we have the afternoon off. And that afternoon, 40 people on the trip. I end up in a swimming pool at a real nice resort where we're staying, and it's me and Doug Davis for two hours. And as only God can arrange, for those two hours we thrashed around, we talked about life, and we spent time just talking about spiritual stuff, personal stuff, and we developed a relationship at that time. He gave me a very thorough examination, did a wonderful job, and uh, then he came back in and he said, Gary, I've got some difficult news for you. Uh, You have melanoma of the eye. You have eye cancer. He explained to me that the tumor I had, tumors range from small and medium to large, and he said uh, this is the upper end of the medium scale. And so um, you've got a a tumor, that's what the lesion is, in your eye that is about, and he didn't say this, but uh, my son-in-law told me it's about the size of an acorn. And so in my right eye is a tumor about the size of an acorn that is melanoma. It is cancer. I'm staying away from squirrels because I don't want that acorn to be... (laughs) But, guys, we're going we're to laugh this morning, we're going to cry this morning. So fasten your seatbelts. The way we handle things in our family is, you know, we love God, we worship God, we walk by faith. We, we, we've cried buckets and we've laughed uncontrollably. And uh, so I, I don't mean to be irreverent to anybody in here who's battling these same battles. You've got trials, I've got trials. But we're going to laugh some too, okay? Because that's just the way we handle things here. And if you're new to TBC visiting, I mean, thats uh, we're not trying to be irreverent at all. Well, when Doug finished the examination and told me about this and uh, got eye cancer, it really did, the full force had not hit me. My first thought was rats. I'm probably not going to the master's next week. (laughs) And actually, I I stated that. I I said, you know, Doug... I made a bucket list out, and uh, there are ten things on my bucket list, and one of those is the Masters, and my good friend Michael Neal had arranged for us to go to the Masters with Bill Euler, the local golf pro, and we've got tickets, and uh, so I guess I'm not going to the Masters. And uh, he said, no, yeah, you won't be doing that. And so that, really that's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, the full force of this had not hit me, and uh, I'm praying maybe I can go to the Masters next year. I mean, uh, who knows what that holds. So my next thought was, this is going to be hard on my family. I mean, I'm the strong one. I love to take care of my family. I love being a husband, being a dad to my kids, being papa Dope to my grandkids, and this could be hard for them. Then, then I, I realized how hard this was on my brothers, Brian and Doug. They would just diagnosed their pastor, their friend, with a very serious cancer, and uh, they had prayed for me. Both of those men had prayed for me. And so I said, guys, I know this is hard on you, so would you let me pray for you? And so I prayed over these dear brothers who had just, can you imagine being in that situation? I mean, they've just told me it's a very serious cancer, and and so they were devastated, just as I was at that time. And so we prayed together. And by the way, let, let me share with you, many of you are medical. Many of you are nurses, physicians, residents, medical students. Some of you are bosses in companies where you have people under you and they come to you with difficult news. The comfort of those men praying for me made a great difference. Be compassionate. Be compassionate. These two men took my hands, prayed over me, and prayed for me. And I, I, that, that's their habit. I'm not the only person they do that with. And I pray for you that you will recognize the power of prayer. Another little antidote, yesterday I'm in line at Walmart, my son and I were in there and uh, we're shopping and I've got a friend on the phone and uh, he's asking about what happened so I'm telling the story and there's a lady in front of us with three little kids and uh, look like all preschoolers to me and uh, so she leaves and we put our stuff up and we get through and as we're getting ready to exit Walmart she's uh, standing there waiting and she says sir I I don't know who you are but uh, I overheard your conversation would you let me pray for you? And I thought, ma'am, I I, I told her, I said, ma'am, we'd be so happy for you to pray for us. I said, I'm Gary DeSalvo. I'm pastor at Temple Bible Church. Pastor DeSalvo? Your wife came and spoke to Vista where we go to church, to our women's group, and it it made such a difference in our group. I've always wanted to meet you. I'd be honored to pray for you. Ma'am, would you pray for me? Right there in Walmart, praying. Imagine the boldness. that She had no idea who I was. It was a great lesson on prayer for me. Great lesson in prayer for us. So this sweet lady, her name is Amy H. She said a lot of her friends, I can't remember her last name, starts with an H. Uh, but some of, she said a lot of my good friends attend Temple Bible Church. So if Amy is one of your friends, you let her know. We, Daniel and I let her know what a blessing she was to us. And uh, whoever knows Amy, you tell her what a blessing she was to us. I'm going to let Dave Jeffries, her pastor, know that whenever I have the opportunity. Next I realize that uh, this is serious stuff. Serious stuff. We moved from there. Jonathan Chai, one of my elders, one of my dear friends, uh, who's an ophthalmologist as well, Uh, Jonathan uh, went ahead and paved the way for us and greased the skids and got us in to see Christian Cable. Christian Cable is a godly man who used to attend TBC when we planted Grace Bible Church. He went there, ended up in First Baptist Belton, but a godly man who we know and love. He and Jill were part of our body for a number of years. So Christian comes in and he meets with us and he lovingly cares for us, he prays for us when we get there, and uh, he lays out what's going to happen, the protocol for what's going to take place because of my situation. So Gary, we're going to start with CAT scan, that's the next thing that's going to happen, some blood work. It did take three pricks to get my blood, but that doesn't bother me actually, thank goodness uh, that's not a big deal. But uh, we took the CAT scan on Friday, is that right? Friday? And uh so here, here's what happens next, guys. They took the CAT scan. There were two spots on my liver, and uh, both those spots. The first one they said we're almost 100% sure it's nothing to be concerned about. It's just a homozygoma or something like that, some word I'd never heard of. And uh, the other spot, uh, we're not even going to label it suspicious. We're going to call it subtle, but we do have to get a clearer scan to make sure what it is. So I go Tuesday for a liver scan. And uh, that scan will determine a lot of things. It determines what's next and, of course, a treatment, et cetera, because if it's liver mets, we know that's not a good thing, and we'll deal with that as God gives us the grace to deal with it. If it's not, then the attention goes to the eyeball. And uh, we go down to MD Anderson on Thursday, and we meet with a physician there that was highly recommended by all of our folks here, and uh, he will see us down there on Thursday. God has been merciful in so many ways, so many ways. Um, four in one million people get this a year. That's it. At that back door every Sunday morning at 8.15 is a gentleman named Tony Welch. Tony Welch passes out bulletins. Uh, when our kids were little, we did carpool with them because they lived a half a block from our house. And they've been at TBC for 20-plus years. Tony Welch was diagnosed with melanoma of the eye last fall. Uh, I called him after I heard. I, I found Bev first. She was in the ER. Uh, my mom was getting admitted for pneumonia. She's still in the hospital and uh, so, so I, I called Bev we, we cried guys we cried bucket of tears uh, she came out to the car and you know we just cried bucket of tears together and uh, after I dropped her off I called Tony and said Tony you know I remember last fall we prayed for you and you wanted to meet with me and we've never had that happen and, and he said Gary funny you should say that I just told Joyce that I'm going to have her call you this week so I can tell you my story in fact, I'm driving back from Indy Anderson right now from seeing Dr. Gambus, and, uh, and uh, I said, Tony, that's okay, man. We need to meet. I said, I've got the same thing you've got. I see Dr. Gambus on Thursday of next week. Four in one million people get that. That's it. One of them sits right here in TBC. Pat Mullins, my good friend. We walk together every week, twice a week, and. Uh, We pray at the end of our walks, and uh, I don't know, since the fall, I guess, we've been praying for Bobby T. Bobby T. is Pat's nephew. Bobby T. lives in Houston. He's 32, 34, 35 years old. Uh, Back in the fall, we started praying for Bobby T. because he was diagnosed with melanoma of the eye. Dr. Gambus is his physician. Uh, The K'Nype family have been part of our community since before we came here. Betty Wheeler is the niece of Kalisa K'Nype. Some of you know Bill and Kathy. Uh, Kalisa has melanoma of the eye and was treated and uh, is in touch. Catherine and uh, Matt Miller uh, were part of this community for a good while. They were both residents here. Uh, Catherine has the same disease. They're both physicians at Vanderbilt. He was in my daughter and son-in-law's wedding. So God has paved the way for us in many ways. Uh, Secondly, God has been merciful not only in those things, but he's been merciful Thursday morning men's Bible study. We got about a hundred men that meet and they come from a variety of churches, probably 80% TBC. One of the men in there started coming a little bit over a year ago. He came from Aka Brethren and he still worships there, but he comes every Thursday at the invite of Todd Vincent, who preached out there regularly. And he came up to me after his name, John Brinkley, and he said, Gary, you may not remember what I do. Uh, we prayed, you, you prayed for me when I went to Zambia last year, but, but I make prosthesis of the eye. That's what I've done for the last 30 years. And he said, I'll be glad to serve you in any way, help you in any way, explain anything you want. And uh, guys, I'm sitting in a Thursday morning Bible study. I said, John, can you make an eye of the tiger if I need a new eye over here? That'd be, that'd be really cool to have. be really cool. Bev said I need different colors so I can accessorize on Sundays, but I, I, I don't think that's what we're going to do. God has been merciful in many ways. Not many churches in the world, literally the world, have as many physicians as we have at Temple Bible Church. And I don't know that any church has as many ophthalmologists as we have at Temple Bible Church. And uh, my son-in-law is an ophthalmologist. He trained here. Since Bill trained here, we've had many of these men and women become personal friends over the years. Several of our TBC leaders, some of our closest personal friends are ophthalmology staff. Two of our ophthalmologists are in the mission field. We sent them from TBC, the Finchers in UAE and the Hensons in Peru. God has been merciful. He's prepared a pathway for us to travel that we have been unaware of. And we say to him be the glory, to him be the honor, to him be all praise. As a family, we've cried out to God. We know and we believe in his greatness. We believe God can heal if he desires. We are grateful for the comfort that He gives. We are grateful for healing, and we're praying for that. My desire is to grow old with my wife. My desire is to, raise my grand, to, to see my grandkids be raised, for them to come to Jesus, to have redemption, and to see my kids be parents and grandparents themselves. If, if that's what God's allow, God allows, I, I would love it. I'd love it. God says, "Express a desire, in your heart." That's a desire of my heart. Is that going to happen? I have no idea. But we have walked by faith every day of our lives, and that will not change. We will honor him every day of our lives, and by his grace, that will not change. And we need you to pray for us. We have prayed together in cemeteries. We've prayed together in graveyards. We've prayed together in hospital rooms. We have prayed together rejoicing, and we've prayed together when you've hurt. And you've prayed for us regularly. We know that. We know that, not just through this, but in the past. And and now we come alongside, I feel like Moses, to be quite honest, in the situation when they were gone against the Amalekites. And you remember when his hands were raised up, the Israelites were victorious. But he got tired. And when he got tired, then his hands came down, and Aaron and Hur were right there to lift him up. We need that. And that's not easy for me to say. I would rather carry the litter than be carried on the litter. I'm, I'm not good at receiving comfort, but I'd love to give comfort. And now I realize it's a time for our family and for me to be ministered to. So pray for that. I have prided myself probably to a fault at times in being a strong man. Uh, Physically, God has made me physically strong. And I'm grateful for that. I love to go and push weights around. I I love being physically strong. But now I'm weak. I'm weak. And my prayers in my weakness, he'll be made strong. That in this weakness that I have, whatever, whatever course it takes, that Christ will be magnified and that be—that he will be made strong in that weakness. We've, lied, we, we, we've cried out to God. We've cried with one another. Um, I, you guys know I, I'm a two-hanky guy at a John Wayne movie. I mean, I, I'm Italian. I love deeply. I hurt deeply. I cry. I laugh. I hug you. I kiss you. I mean, that's the way life has been. That's the way it's going to be. But uh, we've cried a lot. And But we're trusting God every step of the way. We're trusting Him every step of the way. We've laughed a lot. I, I, I think we've laughed as a family. My kids wanted to come in. Uh, Sarah and Bill came from College Station. I got a bunch of friends. Two rows of friends drove from College Station just to be with them. Thank you. Uh, our kids came from California. They wanted to be together. And so we're, we're all together as a family. Uh, you know, that's what chokes me up more than anything else. So we're together as a family. We laughed. I told him, you know, I would get the only cancer, one of the only cancers where you're not going to lose weight. I mean, of all the cancers to get. I mean, Pat and I have, I, how many hundred times have we said, maybe mean, the only way we can get skinny is if we get some kind of cancer. Well, here I am. And uh, it, you guys have brought so much food to our house in a couple of days that... I'm gaining weight instead of losing weight, and we appreciate every, every bit of it. I told him, well, at least one thing, I don't have to worry about my hair falling out. That's not, a, that's not an issue. Bev said, you know, a pirate patch and an earring, you could be sexy with that. So I'll take all the sympathy I can get right now. You know, guys, you have to laugh sometimes. You have to laugh because we cry too. And we're just trusting God to see us through this. I want you to pray for us. Here's how I'd like to ask you to pray in these twists and turns on this journey. Number one, pray that my... I said at the beginning, you know, these unexpected twists and turns will either deepen your faith or damage your faith. Would you pray for me that my faith will be deepened? Pray that I will cling to Christ like never before. I, I love Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I honor Jesus. But I want to be drawn even closer through this. Would you pray that? Would you pray that? In my weakness, he'll be made strong, that I'll be drawn there. God has already opened a door for ministry. Lindsay, one of Sarah's friends, has been in MD Anderson a couple of times with melanoma of the skin. And uh, she made a great statement. She said, you know, Gary needs MD Anderson, but MD Anderson needs Bev and Gary because there's so many opportunities for ministry there. So we begin to pray. We begin to pray in the waiting rooms and the examining rooms, wherever it is, that God would use us to be salt and light to the folks who are hurting there because we have hope. We have hope. I'm praying that God will do the miraculous. I'm praying that God will But if not, I have hope. I, I'm going to be in heaven if not here. So we have hope, and we want to give the hope of Jesus to the folks that we will be, be with in those situations. Secondly, pray that our family's faith will deepen. I, 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 the greatest heartache I could have is if this somehow damaged the faith of my family. We're a family that lives by faith, walks by faith, and have done that for years. I've been blessed with a godly, spiritually strong wife, two wonderful kids, perfect spouses for them, and five of the greatest grandkids in the world, and parents who've moved in with us. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. And I pray that their faith will only be deepened through this and not damaged. And then I ask you to pray for our body, our flock. Pray for me, pray for my family, pray for our flock. I'm asking you to travel this road with me. In some ways, it's unfair. I mean, I, I don't relish being the center of attention. I want him to be the center of attention. But we need you. And so as we do that, we're going to travel this road together. I, I, I want to read clearly. I, I manuscripted this so that I wanted to use the right words. As a church body, we now have an incredible privilege to travel a road that not many church families get to experience. We can glorify and magnify our Father in the midst of a turbulent storm. The way we respond as a church will impact Central Texas for Jesus and his kingdom. The community watches us, guys. I mean, we, we've been blessed in so many ways we, we had right at 5,000 people walk through these doors last week, and they just kept coming and coming and coming. The community watches us. And if we respond in a God-fearing, God-honoring, lifting-up-Jesus way and magnifying him, then there there are opportunities for folks to come to know our Savior through this. And I tell you, I long for that as much as anything. I I pray that God would use us to his honor and to his glory. So many of you have met Christ through TBC. You begin to grow spiritually. You become men who lead your family, women who model Christ to kids. You become generous instead of greedy, servants instead of self-serving. Imagine that God would use the cancer of your pastor to draw many to himself, because they see us united as a body. It'd be a great thing. Amen? Amen. Enough about me and where we're headed. I want to spend a few minutes talking about some things I've learned this week. There's an article. It's uh, by John Piper. It's called uh, Don't Waste Your Cancer. And I've passed this out to many people over the years. And I find myself reading it intensely this week and thought, well, Piper's got some good ideas. So I'm going to tell you guys, I'm just learning this stuff. I'm just learning it, but I truly believe it in the depths of my heart. So here we go. Is God enough? Is he? Is God enough for you? I pray that he is. Our sovereign God is still good even when our circumstances are not. Some of you are in difficult circumstances. You're in a bad marriage. You've got a bad job. Some of you have gone through illness yourself. Many of you are fighting cancer. Our cancer list is long. Uh, my name is added to a list of about 30 people who come to TBC related to us. I'm just one of many. But I'm going to tell you, our sovereign God is still good even when circumstances are not. In the book of Job, uh, this is what happens. Job loses everything, and Job's wife turns to him and says, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. I preached a sermon a number of years ago, and I entitled, When Not to Listen to Your Wife. This is when you don't listen to your wife. She says, Job, he's taken everything away from you, curse God, and die. And he says, foolish woman, what are you talking about? Should we accept good from God and not trouble? Should we only take the good and when difficult times come, not be troubled? See, God in his sovereignty has not changed. He's still good in spite of eye cancer. In fact, later on in Job, it says, all his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him, but known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble Satan had brought on him. No, over all the trouble the Lord brought on him. God did not give me eye cancer, but the sovereign God of the universe is powerful enough to keep it from happening. And so for whatever reason, he has chosen me to go through this journey. And because of that, it doesn't mean he is not good. He is good. Chuck Swindoll says this, he says, Faith is not a desire to get what we want from God, but a desire to accept what God wants to give to us. And he's right. Margaret Clarkson wrote a book after she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she said the sovereignty of God is the one impregnable rock to which the suffering heart must cling to. The circumstances surrounding our lives are no accident. They may be the work of evil, but the evil is held firmly within the mighty hand of our sovereign God. All evil is subject to him, and evil will not touch his children unless he permits it. God is the God of human history and personal history, and my trust is in him. And so God is the one we turn to, trust in, and cling to at this time. He is a good God. There are a lot of churches uh, where there's a little back and forth with the pastor and the congregation. And sometimes the pastor will say, God is good. And the congregation replies, all the time. And the pastor will say, all the time. And the congregation says, let's try that. God is good. All the time. time. Guys, I believe that in the depths of my heart. I believe that in the depths of my heart. He's still good. If he doesn't leave me here, he'll take care of my family. If he leaves me here, he'll give me the opportunity to have more ministry and to love him and to love them in great ways and to be your pastor. That's his call. I'm trusting him. I'm asking him to heal. But I submit to him every step of the way. Better the storm with Christ than smooth waters without him. You know, I, I've got a library under my bed. You give me books, I buy books, I love to read. And so I literally, I've got 50 books under my bed. And I, I found in the last few days, the only thing I want to read is the Word of God because it brings me great comfort. Now, I, I'll get back to reading those books, I understand that. But right now, it's the Word of God and the God of the Word that brings me peace. And so I, I found myself yesterday morning reading, or two mornings ago, out of Ephesians 1. One of my favorite passages, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, who before the foundations of the world chose us to be his children, predestined us to adoption as his sons. I'm reading that scripture actually on my phone, and I'm reading that scripture thinking, how do people go through storms like this without the Father? How do they go through turbulent times without knowing Jesus? And I begin to just worship God. And I begin to say, God, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for adopting me. Thank you for letting me be your son. Thank you that my wife and my kids know you, and their spouses know you, and walk with you. My grandkids on the verge of—they're talking about redemption right now. Thank you for those things, God. I cling to you, God. I plead with you to to, to walk with me every step of the way. You are my redeemer second thing is God enough you know what i've learned you've you've got to find comfort from god not the odds um one of my life verses is psalm 20 verse 7 some trust in chariots some trust in horses but we trust in the name of the lord our god you know it's easy to trust in chariots and horses easy to trust in modern medicine. There, there are people that are geniuses that do this stuff. I, I just can't imagine and I am more I am so grateful. But if my comfort is in the odds, I'm gonna be in trouble. But if my comfort is in the God who creates those odds, then this roller coaster experience, this roller coaster experience will be not so much because I'm trusting in Him and not other things. Pray Tuesday. That, that liver scan will mean a lot. The outcome means a lot. Pray for those things. But I'm trusting God in the midst of that. By the way, I wrote my note here, remind them of the TBC website. Many of you, you've been so gracious and sent us emails and text messages, and that encourages us, it really does. So don't stop that. You'll understand if we can't respond to all of them. Um, but we're going to keep you updated on the TBC website. You go to templebiblechurch.org. And as Bev and I feel like it's appropriate times to give updates, we'll do it through the church office, through Mark, who's leading worship today, and Danny, who's in the Ukraine with Chase, and we'll make sure that those things are uploaded and you can keep track of this journey. Our desire is not to live a private life but a public life because we think by doing that, Christ can be honored in what happens. And so we're going to trust and be confident in him. The end of this verse, these verses, says, "...in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God." We need comfort from you, but more importantly, we need comfort from him. Peter Marshall was a chaplain of the Senate for many years, great preacher. God took him home at age, 30, at age 48. He wrote these words without knowing about his impending death. When the clock strikes for me, I shall go. Not one minute early, not one minute late. Till then there's nothing to fear. I know that the promises of God are true. They have been fulfilled in my lifetime and time again. Jesus still teaches and guides and protects and heals and comforts. And to that I say Amen. Is God enough? He is. Reflecting on death is good. That's one of the lessons I'm learning right now. If you were with us last week for our Easter services, you remember one one of the things I said? I I, I told you I've done five funerals in the last two weeks, and I thank God for that. I said that last Sunday right here. I thank God for it, five funerals in two weeks, because it keeps me in touch with my own mortality. Little did I know what lie ahead of me that next week. And so I look at that, and guys, thinking about death is not a bad thing. Our world wants to camouflage death. The scriptures say, teach us to number our days so we can gain wisdom. And so you number your days by thinking about the days you have and the days you don't have. Our world wants to camouflage it. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to face it. You know how funerals work. I mean, I do funerals all the time. I finish the message, and we have a little benediction. There's a casket right here, and I come and stand at the head of the casket. And people come and greet the family and comfort the family and minister to the family. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a time of loving on that family, but then they file by the body. And it's amazing what people say sometimes. I've heard people say, she looks so natural. <laughs> really? That doesn't look too natural to me down there. I mean, I don't know what you're looking at, but I'm looking at something totally different. Or, or, or they'll say, he looks so good. And I'm thinking... Doesn't look too good to me right now. Or or they'll make comments like, she looks like herself. Wow. I mean, it's amazing the things that you hear. Here's the reality. Death is not good. But heaven is. Heaven is. And that's what we're trusting in. Why is it that we interpret the presence of death as the absence of God? But why do we think if the body's not healed, God is not near? When we face death, our definition of God is challenged, which also challenges our faith. Hey, it's good to be challenged. It's good to be challenged. And God will only, I pray, deepen that faith along the way. Staying alive is a waste if we don't cherish Christ. I'm not going to say much about that except pray that we will cherish Christ every day of our life. To live as Christ, to die is gain. Let's skip through some stuff because we're running out of time finally suffering's an opportunity to glorify god that's what i'm praying that's what i'm praying you know god has me on a journey that uh quite frankly i didn't sign up for but uh it's there did i say quite frankly <laughs> pat says that all the time and i think quit saying that with it quit quite quite frankly I shouldn't say everything that comes to your mind when you're preaching. Uh, <laughs> quite frankly, I uh, shouldn't do that. Uh, suffering is an opportunity to glorify God. Guys, that's what I'm praying for. I, I'm not making light of this. I, I know I've got a serious disease. I, I know that God could leave me here for months, for years, for a decade. Or I, I know I could be in glory this time next year. Could be. But I want you to know that your pastor believes in this right here. Though the fig tree should not bud, there be no grapes on the vine. Though the olive crop fails and there are no fields that produce food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Because he's enough. Only hell is No idea who he is. He wrote this back in the 1800s. Lord, if it be your glory, heal me suddenly. If it glorify you more, heal me gradually. If it glorify you more, may your servant remain sick a while. And if it glorify your name even more, take him to heaven. You know, I've read that a few times in the past. And quite frankly, I... (laughs) Honestly, I didn't think it applied to me. Hey, but it does. He's enough, guys. He's enough. Some of you here today, and let me tell you my greatest challenge you're good people, you're religious people, you're nice people. I'm prepared to meet Jesus if that's what I have to do. Let me tell you what the gospel is in a nutshell. The gospel is not your religion, the gospel is not your baptism, the gospel is not your. The gospel is Jesus Christ came, He died on your behalf. And when you place your faith in him and him alone for salvation, heaven will be yours. I'm prepared for that. Are you? Scriptures say this, do not fear, I've redeemed you, I've summoned you by name, you're mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, I'm not going to desert you. When you pass through the rivers, they're not going to sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you'll be burned, you'll not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. At TBC we believe in prayer. We started a corporate prayer service just a week ago Monday. We had about three hundred folks here. We just came to pray. And once a quarter we we're going to come to pray. It was a great time. If you missed it, I invite you to come next time. It's a great time. Just a great time of praying. And in James chapter five, it says, If anyone in trouble, let them pray. Anyone happy, let them sing praise. If anyone sick, call the elders of the church to pray with them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. We do that often at T B C. We have folks who call us and say we've been diagnosed with that or somebody's sick, and so usually after the third hour, we gather in my office with the elders and we pray over those folks. So we're going to do it a little differently. Uh, we're going to do it a little differently. I'm going to ask all of the current TBC elders and past TBC elders to join me up here, all of my staff members, and I'm going to ask my family to come. And uh, we're going to pray. Uh, we're going to sit in a chair here, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God's will will be done. We're going to ask him to do a work that only he can do, And we're going to pray that God would accomplish great things. These good-looking dudes coming in are my grandkids. Look at those guys. I'm a blessed man. You guys know my bride. Many of you don't know my son and daughter, Daniel Michelle. Bill and Sarah are up here somewhere. Here they come with all their kids. My sister and my dad and her husband. I'm a blessed man. These are my men. These are my elders. These are my staff guys, some of them. And uh, we have gone through many, many things together. And we're going to continue to do that. Okay, guys? So you can't all come up here. I'd love to do it. I'd love to give every one of you a hug. I'd love you to pray with every one of you, but you can't. But how many times have we placed our hands in this direction for other people? I'm going to ask you to do that.
0: I'm going to ask you to stand, please. God, we come this morning to you as the great I am. We ask Jesus to be the great physician. We pray that the Holy Spirit would be our comforter. You have told us To be still and know that you are God. Today you have stilled our hearts. You have given us comfort. You have been mighty in this place. We pray for Gary and Bev for the days and weeks ahead that you would guide them, that you would teach them. Show them your love and your mercy, your compassion. Show them your goodness and your power be their strong tower for us as our as a community I pray that uh, you would help us to be the feet that walk beside them the hands that minister to and bind their wounds help us to be the words that comfort them and pray for them. We pray for healing. We pray that you would be present, their comforter, their ever-present help in time of need. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all the people said, Amen. Amen.